We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Bart Winkler. It is the latest episode of Into the Winklerverse. I said I would do these on Tuesdays at 2 o'clock Central Time, and that is what I am doing. Now, do I have a lot to say? Um, We will find out over the course of the next 5 to 50 minutes if I do or not. Thanks for joining. If you're joining in any capacity, whether it's uh, live or after the fact on any of the great channels that we are pumping out the Into the Winklerverse podcast, Spotify, Apple, like and subscribe. I don't ask you to do that enough. We will have mm -hmm, mm -hmm this week. Thanks to our friends at Tupelo Honey. That will be posted on Thursday morning uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, with Grant and Paul. That'll come up later this week and uh with no packer game for a while that's probably i don't know when the next uh kind of post game effort will be uh would have liked to go on and did a post last night um rami and drew had it covered i also my guys uh trey and the cream city crossover i think they're doing a great job uh sparky and nathan with green and growing so if you're looking for bucks post game content uh, and even Justin Garcia on the radio. There, there is a good amount of it. Um, I'll try to keep retweeting those guys when they go live. But there is some good. Uh, there is some good. There is some good post game content. There's there's discussions to be had after the game, which is what a lot of people have been craving, and uh, and especially after after Monday's game. So after Monday's game, the Bucks lost to the Nuggets. And yes, this was intriguing because it's Giannis and Jokic. Um, but it was also intriguing, of course, because it was the debut of Doc Rivers as the Bucks head coach, which is still a bit odd. Um, really, it's still a bit weird that Doc Rivers is the head coach. And I don't know about you guys, but the news that Adrian Griffin was getting fired happened about a week ago, uh, right at this time. I went to pop on live talks and Packers. And we'd gotten the news that Adrian Griffin was fired. And uh, since then it was quickly realized that it was going to be doc rivers as the coach. And then there was some, you know, interesting approach to the reporting, but it eventually was reported that doc rivers would be the head coach. And at first, I mean, when you think of doc rivers, I don't think you think of the 2008 championship. It was so long ago. I think you think of all the games, the big games that he's had that they have blown in the playoffs when they've been up 2-0, when they've been up 2-1, when they've been up 3-1. And so a lot of people are going to look at that right away and say, well, that's not going to work in Milwaukee. I, like many a Bucks fan, if I talk myself into Adrian Griffin, I was obviously going to talk myself into, uh, into Doc Rivers. <laughs> so I, like many a Bucks fan, have talked myself into Doc Rivers. 
I've talked myself into Dak Rivers. Um, I don't even know that they need like that. They just need to, you know, they probably shouldn't have fired Bud. Okay. They they were playing pretty well with him, but there was such a dramatic ending to last season that it felt like they did need to fire Bud. And we've talked about this because then they traded for Dame and and then you do whatever. And we don't know what the season looks like if they kept Mike Budenholzer. We don't know if the same kind of problems happen. We don't know if his message gets stale. We don't know if, you know, we just don't know. But when I saw a couple of people tweeting about how the Bucks on Monday night, despite the loss, look like the Bucks again. Well, what you're saying was they looked like the team that they were under Mike Budenholzer. And so that makes me think, could they have, but I, I, you know, I was, I was on board with the change because the losses were getting pretty dramatic. It was only two of them. They were not that far removed from getting to the NBA championship and winning it. Uh, They did not know they were going to get Dame, but this is the situation we're in where Doc Rivers is the head coach. Now there was another thread on Twitter that I saw and I wish I could go find it. I wish I knew where it was, but it was outlining that, yes, Doc Rivers has blown many a series. But in those series, he had guys get hurt. He had got like James Harden gets hurt here or Chris Paul gets hurt here or, you know, whatever. There were guys that got hurt along the way. Um, and and it, it made me think, oh, okay, well, we got a team that won't collapse. We got a team that won't uh, choke for Doc Rivers, even though – the last couple of years we've bounced from the playoffs because of injury uh, has been the thing. So uh, I I'm willing to see what happens. Obviously, if you guys stuck through the Adrian Griffin era, which was so awful, uh, you'll be willing to stick through the doc rivers era. He is Owen one. So he is one of the winning percentage wise. He's one of the losingest coaches. In fact, he is currently the losingest coach in bucks franchise history. No one has ever had a worse winning percentage as a Bucks head coach right now than Doc Rivers. But no one's writing the article. No one's writing the article. No one. No one's upset about that. No one's freaking out about about Doc. Nuggets win one thirteen to one hundred seven. Giannis twenty nine points. Uh, I think the the big issue for a lot of people was Bobby Portis took the same amount of shots as Damian Lillard. Portis was two for thirteen. Both of his makes were threes. Nothing around the basket, um, even some real gimmies. 12 boards, nine points, a couple of free throws. But a lot of people are, uh, they have turned on the underdog. They have turned on the mayor of Milwaukee. A former mayor of Milwaukee, Toby Altizer, is here. Toby. What's up? Good to see you again. Good to see you. Um, we'll talk some football here, but any any Doc Rivers thoughts in any way? Not really. I mean, I think it's just crazy from afar because I haven't followed the Bucks as closely just to see them in this light, right? I mean, it's crazy to see what's been a well-run organization just go through this sort of thing where it wasn't great under Bud. Obviously, they win the championship, but it seemed like something needed to be changed, and then something changed, and it went worse. But I mean, I don't know. It's just weird to see it like this. Hopefully things get figured out because I still want the Bucks to do well. But it's really weird. I don't know the precedent on things like this. I've listened to you, you know, some nationally talking about this. It's like from a national it, perspective, I've been talking. Of course. About well, and people talk about it with, you know, the Ty Lu thing. It's not the same. You bring in a dude that just was off the street. I, I know Doc Rivers has all the experience, but he hasn't been in the building every day, kind of understanding the ins and outs of all these players and how it interconnects. And so to come in halfway through the season and expect him to fix everything is just a little bit odd. Hopefully he can do it. And, you know, you can't, there's a first for everything. So maybe he can be the first one to do this sort of thing, but I, I don't, it's just not a great look. No. Well, and it is weird just to see Doc Rivers. I did like his post game though. If you saw any, he goes, First unit was pretty good. Second unit, bad. <laughs> like that, I think that I think that uh, is kind well, of. Well, I'm just curious because you know it obviously a little more intricately than I do at this point. Giannis has been tabbed as the guy that kind of chose Adrian Griffin, right? Am I wrong in assuming that? Like it wasn't just Giannis doing it, but he had a big hand in it. 
Yeah, I think the reporting uh, has led us to believe that Giannis, that they had a few candidates and Giannis did not want Nick Nurse. And I don't think that, so the reporting, I think, was always like, Giannis looked around the entirety of the NBA and said, Adrian Griffin's the guy I want. No, he was served a few options sure. off a menu and he picked Griffin. Yeah, my only thing is I love Giannis. Giannis is one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player in the entire league. No one has ever claimed Giannis to have the highest basketball IQ. And so I don't you need to satisfy Tony in Texas is loving that that he heard you say that. <laughs> well, and I've seen him beating that drum and I, I agree. Like I there's certain guys that if they pick a head coach, it, it kind of works out. Like if LeBron picks a head coach, I know we make fun of him because he basically is the head coach and he kind of is, but like LeBron's not just willy nilly. Like you trust this guy knows what he's talking about. And I think Giannis does have a good basketball IQ, but it's not to the point where you get 43 games into the season and you're like, does this guy know what he's doing? It's like, well, maybe we shouldn't have listened to Giannis on who to pick as a head coach. Maybe we should go about our, our business as usual, but it's also a tough spot. If you're Milwaukee, you don't want this guy to leave. So it's about the players, not the coach. Ultimately, I think it all gets thrown on Adrian Griffin and hopefully doc rivers can fix all the problems and get this thing turned the right direction. Uh, some comments here. Ken's happy to see us, uh, hoping the multiverse hasn't collapsed yet upon itself. Not quite still rolling. Bruce says happy place. Hemp kicks ass. Yeah. Get those gummies. 25% off every gummy. 20. Do you see my light flickering? Oh, a little bit, I think. It's kind of it, the light I've had uh, for a year and a half now. It's getting, it's, I'm just going to say it's the strobe light effect. <laughs> but it's bugging the hell out of me because I don't know if I ever told you, I have 2010 vision. Oh. I have better vision. Well, than and, and when you're in your national studios, I mean, compared to being at home and what you were doing before. I mean, there's yeah. nothing like being in a national studio. Right, which looks and smells a lot like the local studio. <laughs> but uh, it is it is a little more high gear. I am working on building a real thing down here. I'm working. I think it's going to go like right over there. <laughs> we're, we're a ways away. Anyway, happy place. Have promo code is BART, 25% off every order. All the gummies, all the tinctures, all the balms. You get the Delta 8s, Delta 9s if you want to really relax and unwind. Otherwise, the CBD, CBN ones have been very uh, much approved by me, especially with coming home. The The thing is, I come home, I drive home at 1 in the morning, and I'm tired on the drive. Mm. And then I get home, and I'm like, I open the door, and I'm like, Duh? Uh, Madden? Uh, stay up late? Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, Somehow coming through the door re-energizes me. So I need to take those when I get home. Uh, happyplacehemp.com. Promo code is BART. Thanks for all that they do here with this podcast, of which I do realize I also need to change the logo uh, above us here on the two box. But I'll get to that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Um, Brew Crew says Giannis needs to toss his free throws up one-handed and not take a whole minute to shoot two free throws. It is annoying when guys like Jokic are like counting and all these other guys. But it is also like kind of annoying. It's like, you've been in the league 10 years, man. Well, he tweeted something. I can't remember. I retweeted it. It was from a while ago. And it was him hitting a three. And he said, stop thinking, just shoot it or something like that. And it's like, dude, use that for your free throws. Like, just shoot the ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bucks can't afford another head coach, so we have to keep Doc. It's very Carolina Panthers. Us and the Panthers are the two teams playing three guys. <laughs> at uh at one time pretty absurd all right uh one thing that i tweeted here toby and i wanted to talk some football with you so it's good to catch up uh and do this i just tweeted because somebody had a stat opt stats brock purdy in the second half of that game he threw 150 yards plus he rushed for more than 45 yards he completed 80 percent of his passes he averaged 10 yards plus per rush and no turnovers no other quarterback's done that in 30 years where he's thrown with the accuracy, thrown for that many yards, um, rushed for that many yards, and had no turnovers. And then I thought about that, and I go, wow, you know, that's a pretty good stat. That's right. And then I thought, wait, when was that play to Ayuk? And it was obviously in the second half. And what I what I ended up saying yesterday was on CBS, and th- there's a little bit of me, because you know how much I hate the 49ers. Oh, yeah. I hate of course. Um, and there's a, there's a little bit of me that starts this new job with a new audience and the human nature of it all. I want to be liked, right? I am a lot of these people still the, for the first time, they're just whatever. And it's like, who is this guy now? And I want to make a good first impression. Um, but I have decided that I can't fake it with Purdy. I can't, I can't fake it. So I, you know, me comes out and I'm saying how, I actually think that throw by Purdy was great for, for Purdy, for Purdy to know he saw Ayuk running and he knew that, well, Ayuk, he's not going to get the ball just to Ayuk. So he has to kind of like in pool and, and stuff like that. He has to carry him it off a guy's head. And then, so I was going through that whole bit and I got all these Niners fans, you know, tweeting me and telling me I look like a clown of which they are right. And I think I signed off last night by going, <laughs> So you got to play into it a little bit. But I just, I think Brock Purdy, when I watched that Dallas game, I tweeted, hey, this guy's good. I'm on board. I rock with Brock. And I still think that he's a good quarterback. I think that you have to be a level of good to do what he's doing with all these guys. Um, I still think there's a lot of people that could step in and have the kind of season that he had. I would love to know what he would look like. People were asking about, would you rather have Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott? And I'm thinking, well, what if they were on the Panthers? I think the Panthers win a lot more games with Dak Prescott than they do Brock Purdy, but we'll never know that. And so it's an exercise in futility. All I know is that I watched a quarterback throughout the season that I made a determination that he was he was good. And then I watched these playoff games and I think less of him as a quarterback than I do than when the playoffs started. And all of all of like the big plays were scrambles, which again, and there was the thing to use check and but his worst passes were the big plays, the thing to Jennings, the thing to Ayuk. And so the thing I said is he didn't look very quarterbacky, you know, and all, all of a sudden now we're, we're celebrating running quarterbacks. I just, I have a hard time, like guys that are writing that he's Montana or that he's young. I understand what he's done. He, you can't, you can't take winning away from somebody, you know, winning, winning is more important than how you look and stat like, I will acquiesce to that, but I wish more people, I, what I think has happened, Toby, is that Brock Purdy, it's hard to figure out because he's good, but he's on a good team. And then, so Niners fans are like, well, shit, he's the MVP. 
And then everyone else is like, he's not the MVP. And then they're like, you don't think he's the MVP? Of course he's the MVP. Yeah. And then everyone else is like, no, 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 no. He's not the MVP. In fact, how good is he really? Oh, now you don't think he's good? This is, And then, so like both sides, we started here, but Niners fans and everybody else is tripling down on each other. So as much as I want to be liked, I have to be me and I have to be with everybody else that's uh, tripling down against. Well, the Purdy discussion to me is a lot more dialed down version of what we did with Brady for years where it was like, yeah, I think Rogers is better than Brady, but Brady just keeps winning and he just keeps winning. And I'm not saying Purdy's Brady. I don't want to, you know, people to think that I'm comparing the two, but it's kind of that same discussion, right? Like if we're going with most talented quarterbacks, I don't know that Brock Purdy's in the top 10, but if you ask me my top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL right now, I would throw Purdy in there and he'd probably be somewhere around seven or eight, maybe even a little bit higher just because am I going to punish a guy because he's perfect for the system that he's in and he plays really well in it? I'm not going to like, I think Tua is in that same kind of boat where I'm not going to punish him just because he's in the perfect system and executes it well. But the difference that you've seen really since that Ravens game in the regular season is he started to be less accurate. Like it seemed like every time that he would throw the ball, the dude was open and he would hit him right in the numbers during the regular season. Like it just seemed like he had an uncanny ability. And that's something that I think we've done a poor job of just in the modern view of quarterbacks is if a dude can't run around for 15 seconds, like Mahomes did the one time and throw it to Kelsey. Like if a guy can't do that, we view him as not a good quarterback. When your traditional quarterback for all of football history, if he could hit the back step of his drop and get the ball out on time to an open receiver and hit him in the numbers, that was like the greatest quarterback of all time. Like that's what everyone wanted the quarterback to be. And when I watched Brock Purdy, for the most part, most of the season this year, that's what he was. Like there is something to be said, like he might not have a great arm. He might not have the greatest athletic ability. He might not have even the best accuracy because I think Tua has better accuracy, but his ability to just get back there and every single time make the right decision for the most part, it, it seems like that's something that we discount. And how many times do we talk about other quarterbacks that have all the talent? They don't make the right decisions. They turn down wide open guys and we get frustrated at them. So I think you're right on about this Purdy thing where in the playoffs, he's been a totally different guy. And the last couple of games, of the regular season, he was a different guy. So I can understand some frustration that people are still trying to, you know, put him on the pedestal as the MVP, like watching Lamar Jackson this year versus Brock Purdy. It's obvious which one is the more talented and better overall quarterback, but Brock Purdy executes incredibly well. So it's just really tough with Brock. Like it's one of those things where we need to have a nuanced discussion about it. And there's not much nuance in discussions nowadays. No. And I think a lot of like the Niners media um, are talking about like, so they're kind of, you know, they're, they're amplifying the fact that yeah. oh, if, if you don't think Brock Purdy's good, you're just doing it for attention or clicks or whatever. And I'm not, yeah. I, I like, I, I don't want to do it. I want, I want to be liked. I want, I want to log off Twitter and be like, I, wow, Bart is so great and liked and what a guy. I'm so glad he's on my radio, but I got to be me, you know? Yeah. So if I'm going to want to attack Brock Purdy, I got to attack Brock Purdy and we'll see what happens in the Super Bowl. So that that's the thing with the Super Bowl. Okay? You've got Brock Purdy who is getting some of these plays that are benefiting him greatly. I mean, he is giving away interceptions that the Lions and Packers chose not to have. Well, I want to say this one thing about that Lions one real quick. If you listen to the press conference with Shanahan and Purdy afterwards, they're talking about they got this the read that they wanted, they got the look and he made the right read according to Shanahan. And if you watch it back, they're jockeying a little bit. If it were just on air, I think that hits IU can stride. Like if there's no defender back there, I think that throw hits IU can stride. But there's a little bit of interference from the defense. Then IU pushes them, and then all. You I know, thought they the, were gonna flag IU. Yeah. So I, I, you know, from the from the original TV copy, you're like IU just shoves the guy. So you kind of thought they were gonna get OPI. I think it was a little bit of jockeying back and forth. So it looks like a bad throw. I think it was the right throw. They they credited the DB from being able to stay on top of him. So it was just a crazy thing. I don't think that was as bad a throw as it looked. Obviously, the results turned out good. They looked like they were going to be bad, but the results turned out good. But I, I don't know that I'm going to put that in the same category as some of the ones he was throwing to the Packers where he's throwing it right to the dude's numbers and Darnell Savage can't hold on to it. Oh, here's what I, th- I came up with Dan Campbell, too. Um, oh. Get your thoughts on this. 
So my thought are... I hope the Lions never win again. <laughs> oh, I'll get into that in a minute. Tell me we got some bad news as a commander saying today. <laughs> That's why he's here. Um, and to say hi. Dan Campbell, we could debate about whatever. And I still think, like, what you need to do in every situation that you're presented with a choice is what the other team doesn't want you to do. So to go up 17, I think they should have kicked the field goal there. Not granted they would have made it, but I think they should have kicked the field goal there because the Niners didn't want to go down three scores. They wanted an opportunity to stop you. Um, I also think that he didn't like the fact that in the first half, remember in the first half, he kicked the field goal. Everyone's forgetting he kicked the field goal in the first half when it looked like he might go for it and try to really ground the Niners. So I think he was trying to chase some points or at least like he knew the Niners would keep scoring. I think throughout the game, Dan Campbell, I don't think you can look at a lot of these decisions and say that was right or that was wrong because we're judging based on the outcome. If Josh Reynolds catches that first one, then it was the right decision. I, I don't think you should look at it that way. Dan Campbell made a lot of decisions where he didn't get the result he was looking for. Yeah, I don't call those mistakes. Dan Campbell did make a mistake when he called one timeout at the end, which essentially was calling three timeouts at the end. That was a mistake he made. The rest of the game, I think he just had decisions that didn't work out. That's where I ended up standing on that one. My issue with this is you're right about the Reynolds thing. You know, it's a fourth and two. Goff steps up in the pocket, hits Reynolds. It's a catchable ball, hits him both hands. Reynolds drops it. And people say, well, you can't factor that in. It should be factored into the analytics. Just like everybody is quick to point out, Badgley's not the best kicker of all time. So how do we know he makes the kick? Those things have to be factored into all of these things. And so I don't love the down four or up 14. You don't kick the field goal to go up three scores. I can live with that. You're going to try to get up 21. I have real issue with the last one where it's a three-point game. It's fourth and three. The worst thing that can happen for you is you make the field goal and the Niners go down there and score, and now you're just down a touchdown and you got a chance to go tie the game up. Or if you want to go with your analytics mind there, you go down and score a touchdown and go for two and try to win the ball game there. Instead, worst case scenario happens. They don't go for, or they end up going for it. They don't get it. The Niners get the ball back. They go down and score a touchdown, which you haven't been able to really stop them at all the second half. They drive it down, they score a touchdown. Now you're down two scores with three minutes left. The game is essentially over. And yes, the bad call at the end, I'm the running it on third down is awful. At best, they're getting the ball back with what 50 seconds and no timeouts. And Jared Goff leading the offense. I don't think anything good is happening there. So well, probably not, but still, <laughs> I wouldn't have they were saving all three timeouts, and by using yeah. one, you essentially used three. Yeah. No, I mean it was really stupid clock management at the end, but I don't even have as much of an issue with that because you would just put yourself in a bad spot and you have to weigh the outcomes here. Like, and I saw one of the guys uh, I used, I filled in for in South Carolina tweeted out a picture. I think it was the field goal decision that I was just talking about here, the fourth and three down three late and the, the win probability percentage change between going and uh, kicking the field goal was like 0.3%. Yeah. And, and I'm like, if the difference is 0.3% and you're making entire game decisions that could shoot, I mean, for these guys, it could literally choose the outcome of their careers, whether they keep their job or not, over 0.3%. Just think with your head. Like, the, the context of the game matters, too. Like, the, the analytics give you the 0.3%. Okay, so I know 0.3% there. But the game flow of the game, I haven't been able to stop them. That means they're probably going to go score a touchdown here. All right, I should probably then kick the field goal. The momentum is kind of swinging the Niners' way. It's been the Niners' way. Like, if I pause, like slow things down yeah. a little bit. And, and if if I tie the game back up, maybe it neutralizes a little bit of the, the momentum. So that probably says kick. So that's two to one kick there. I get that, you know, if it's like a 5% difference, then go ahead, go for it. But it's a 0.3% difference in the analytics there. I just don't like the fact that you essentially. Even if you go score a, a touchdown there, right? That's awesome. You go up by four points, you're still giving the Niners a chance to go down there and win the game, whereas you can still kind of keep things in control because it's a tied game at that point. And so that's the one I have an issue with. But, you know, I, I hate this idea that we got into. I don't know where it started. We use two different cliches. It's about process, not results, right? You hear all that stuff all the time. We're going to argue. And then we hear it's a results-based business. So which one is it? <laughs> like, yes, I can judge a guy off the results. It didn't work. 
And so I can judge him and say, I can't deal with this anymore. We've, we do this all the time with Staley. Like Staley would have a job still if we just lived by the process over the results thing. Oh yeah. He'd be coach of the year. So at some point, like it sucks. Sometimes you're going to lose the game. I get all of those things, but sometimes you can't just a strategy of just saying, I'm going to go for every fourth down is not a strategy. It's just being an idiot. Some comments coming in on the Dan Shaney YouTube stream. The Crispy Brothers say we have, they mean to say four eyeballs. We have four eyeballs and have watched a lot of football. Purdy is average. It's not that difficult. In terms of talent, yeah. Jerry says nuance and context seem like endangered species in most online battles. And that's what I'm bringing to CBS Sports Radio five nights a week, Jerry. (laughs) Nuance, context. And endangered species. And a lot of spite. That the Niners beat my team. I thought you were going to say endangered species. Good Milwaukee sports talk radio host. I'm not commenting on any of that. I've not commented on any of it. I've commented on nothing. Winning gambler says Campbell is a putz. And Joe says, I don't think Dan Campbell is doing most of this because of analytics. That's the other thing. Like he's not, this is, this is Dan Campbell. Yeah. So if we're going to have the big analytics fight, wait until it's a nerd. Not Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I do think that is interesting because everybody attributes the analytics with Dan Campbell. And I've been thinking about it just really all day today and yesterday. And it's like, do I think Dan Campbell's listening to some computer nerd tell him whether to go for it or not? Or is he just sitting over there just getting fired up, spitting into a cup saying, I'm going to go for it. Do you know how many calculators he has probably crushed with his bare hand in his life? It's like, get out of my way, you stupid dork. He probably like chugs, or I don't even know, like a, a Red Bull and then says, let's go for it. So uh, Super Bowl, um, Brock Purdy wins. And they should have won- lost both those games. They won. Patrick Mahomes, how do you ever bet against him? Even when the Chiefs scored zero points in the second half and had five first downs, Zay Flowers fumbles. And the Ravens only run six times with their running backs. Like, People, teams just wilt against the Chiefs for whatever reason. So it's hard to like, whoever you bet on or whoever you pick, it's hard to bet against the either team or either team. But right now, my initial thought on this game, and I'm trying not to have it be like what I want to happen, but I feel like the Chiefs win by 13 points. Yeah, I think it could be closer than that, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I mean... It's one of those things. It's how I felt going into the AFC championship game when everyone felt like it had to be Baltimore. I've seen the Chiefs play enough playoff games with Patrick Mahomes, and how many times have we not seen them show up? Maybe they don't have their A-plus game, but they might have their B game or a C-plus game, but they pretty much always show up. Every single time they go out there, they show up. Baltimore, it felt like with Lamar Jackson, they show up sometimes. Sometimes they show up for a half, and then they disappear, and they don't show up other times, and they didn't show up. And... Going into this game, you know what you're going to get out of Kansas City. You're going to get a really good effort. Now, is it going to be enough to win? Who knows? But for the 49ers, I'm not 100% sure. I've seen a good half of football. I've seen a couple bad halves of football. So which one am I going to get? And when I go into a matchup like that, and I feel like it's kind of even, you got to go with the quarterback. And obviously, that's Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to be cheering on the Chiefs. I love watching Patrick Mahomes. But... At the same point, it just feels like he's the new guy in the NFL that you have to do everything perfect for 60 minutes to win a football game against him because now he's got a defense, too, to depend on. He's not going to turn the ball over. So it's so tough to beat the Chiefs. If you come out with your A game and you're the 49ers and you play really good football for 60 minutes, you probably win the football game. But if you only play good football for 30 minutes or even 45 minutes, the Chiefs probably win the football game. And so I'll take my chances that the Chiefs are going to play a really solid football game and win it because the Niners can't put together a full 60 minutes. Tony in Texas is joining the stream, who we alluded to earlier. Well, Toby, Toby gave you a shout out. I, I know, Toby. I knew you were bound for greatness. I mean... <laughs> Your, your opinions are spot on today, not only about what I said about Giannis, but your analysis of this game. You know what? Andy Reid, he coached Brock Purdy before. His name was Alex Smith. You guys remember Alex Smith? Nice quarterback, can run around a little mm-hmm. bit, make some plays. You know, not going to win the big one. 
You're right, Toby. The Chiefs are going to win this game. You can't trust the Niners. They're not going to put it together. They have to play a perfect game nearly to win this game. And the Chiefs defense, no one's talking about the Chiefs defense. They are amazing. They are a great, a great defense. And I can I, I just don't see the matchups working out for San Fran. And Bart, I love the way you're trolling these San Fran fans. Uh, <laughs> can I swear on this right now? Uh, fuck them. I'm glad you're doing that. <laughs> well, I don't like again. I want to be liked, but I can't. I can't. I can't be like, "Hey, I'm national, man. Welcome. So happy to be in San Fran. Well, what a swell quarterback you guys have." But if they're listening and they're calling in, it doesn't matter, right? I don't know. I mean, th- there's the whole like, there's the whole radio thing. Like, if you get half the people to love you and half the people to hate you, it's, but when you get half people hating you, like. I'm 40 years old almost, but I feel like I'm 80, man, with some of the, the way that some of these people ran me down here. Especially, hey, I, I, I hear you, Bart. The show's, <laughs> the show's going awesome. Toby, you are in sports hell right now, my friend. None of your teams are any good. They all suck. You guys won't even pay for a coach. What the hell's going on in Washington, Toby? Wish I could tell you, man. I wish I could tell you. I mean, if Ben Johnson's asking for $15 million, he's a that's little That's what bit, he's asking for? That's what the reports were back in December from Josina Anderson. And everyone's like, yeah, that can't be true. And then today, Schefter says some teams were a little bit miffed at how much he was asking for. So maybe it was truly I don't buy million. it. I buy that as Schefter. Like, if the commanders wanted Ben Johnson, they would pay for Ben Johnson. Yeah, but not like an absurd amount. So Ben Johnson's the offensive coordinator with Detroit. It looked like he was going to be the coach of the commanders. He is not apparently what they were flying to interview him. Yeah. I have no forget it. So now they're just like, uh, shit. Is Aaron Glenn still there? I have no issue with him saying no to the job, or even if he would have taken the Seattle job, I really don't care. That's fine. The fact that the team was on their way to Detroit in the air to go interview this guy. And he's like, Nah, I'm good. Nah, I'll, I'll pass. And now you get people saying, oh, it's just all about loyalty to the... What is Dan Campbell doing there? Like, if that's true, that's great. I want that kind of head coach because no one ever wants to leave that place. Like, if that's really what it's all about, which I'm not buying, I think it is the fact that he asked for too much money and the team was like, <laughs> yeah, right. And then he just decided to be kind of a jerk and tell them no on their way there. But... If it's true that Dan Campbell just gets this kind of loyalty out of guys, then why won't we go get more head coaches like that? Because no one's leaving. Like Ben Johnson was the top dude on the market. Teams felt like they didn't have a chance with him, so they just went ahead and hired other guys. And then Washington waited it out. Seattle waited it out, and they got told no. I don't know. It. I don't buy the fact that it's just him being loyal to the Lions. I think it does have something well, to do with Nobody knew who Ben Johnson was before he became like, the top candidate back in well, October. Well, the, the Lions offense was awful the first year under Dan Campbell. And then Ben Johnson became the offensive coordinator and they sucked until halfway through the year last yeah, year. But I don't, I don't, that offense the other night. I mean, how many times are you going to try the flea flicker? My God. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely questions about Ben Johnson, but it's just, it's crazy to me that this is the top guy on the market and he wasn't the most sought after candidate last year, but he had chances at a head coaching job last year. He said, no, and then this year, he was probably the most coveted new guy on the market, and he's saying no again. Like, I don't know. It, and the way he does it, I don't know. Just a little bit of a red flag, but for me personally, I know I know this will resonate with Packers fans. I don't want the Lions to win another game. I hope their offense sucks. I hope they never make the playoffs again, and I hope they enjoy another 30, 40, 50, 58 years of not making it to a Super Bowl. Wow. Well said, Toby. <laughs> You know what I feel bad for Lions fans in a way is no. like nope. Where where like all this heartbreak cuz and I talked about this the other night too is and I I stumbled upon this but like if something happens in your life like you don't get a job or someone doesn't love you back or whatever like t- I, time heals all wounds. Time does not heal sports wounds. Somehow sports yeah. wounds like get deeper and you feel like there's something you could have do uh, done to prevent it, but they, they get worse. So even with these Packer losses and I, and I keep telling people like, especially Lions fans, you guys don't know. Yes. You think you would want this, but you don't want this. 
Uh, you don't want this pain. And they're like, oh, I'd kill to have a 13-win season. Okay, but you're going to – no, no, it'd be great. It'd be a Super Bowl. Okay, but you're going to – there's going to be a new level of pain. At least as a Packer fan, I can look back and say, well, I had 2010 and I had 96. So even if 14 happens, 20 happens, this year happens. Well, there were still great moments. But for the Lions, they've had shit forever. Then, Tony, all of a sudden they're good. And then they th- they, they they are like they, – they are 99% going to the Super Bowl. And then it get ripped away from them. So it's like they would they, you would rather be medi- mediocre forever than experience this. I think. Yeah, the highs and lows. You know what's crazy about the playoff lo- losses, though, Bart, is like you can't pinpoint one thing. You can't say the defense blew at that game, the offense blew at that. It's one thing or another. It's just one avalanche of shit, and it just all happens at once, and it falls apart that one one game. Like the last game, you can't – and you were a little bit relaxed. And I left a, left a voicemail that you played. You took this a little bit too relaxed. You don't get to the NFC divisional matchup and and have a good chance like that and then just like be like, well, it was a rebuilding year or, or that was house money. I don't buy that, man. Like when the Rams won it in 99, no one thought they would win it. Some of these teams come out of nowhere, and I thought the Packers could be that team. And I thought Jordan Love was this year's Kurt Warner, coming out of nowhere to be the guy to lead us to – a uh, a, a Super Bowl that no one ever saw coming, but um, I don't. I think you took that a little too casual, Bart. I don't know if you re- reevaluated that or, or or what. Um, I I think that I didn't. I don't want to go. I didn't want to experience. I wanted. I don't want it. I didn't want to. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to. Well, I I just I kind of I was kind of along with Bart there. Like obviously it hurts as a fan, but. You know, if, if you look back 10 years from now and the Packers haven't made the playoffs again and something like that, yeah, sure, you can look back and say, like, yeah, it was a big disappointment. But if this is something where they are just continually building year after year, then I think you can look well, at it just the way that Bart did. Like, let me, let me, let me say a comment what you just said there, though, Toby. And you guys are smart, smart fans, smart football people. It's all about how you're rolling into the playoffs and playing at that time and the health. And they had Aaron Jones healthy. They had an offensive line that was healthy. Everyone was basically healthy on the Packers. They had great momentum going. And the 49ers were were rusty. They were banged up. They were right for the for the taking, just like 2014. You know, 2014, Richard Sherman's on one leg, and we don't take advantage of it. We we create all those turnovers against the Seahawks. We don't take advantage of it. And it was the same thing with this game, but we didn't actually get the turnover. We dropped the ball. The game I was at. Uh, in Dallas, we catch that ball. Savage catches that ball. Nixon should have caught that ball. And and it's it's just baffling how they lose these games. And if there's one thing the Packers need to build on next year, Bart, is they've got to work on their red zone offense against some of these top end defenses. They, you got to get you got to punch it in, man. And I just feel like uh, they don't punch it in in those clutch times, those playoff games, man. That's 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 that was that's what keeps them out of it. Do you have a favor for defensive coordinator? Because uh, every time this happens. I do. I like. I don't. I don't care. I'm not gonna like. I, I want Joe Barry to go, go great, but I'm not gonna like spend my whole day looking at DVOA I, and what court. Like, I don't just hire a guy and then I'll react. How do we? How do we know? How do we know? We don't know I these course. people. I, th- these are these guys are the experts. I don't know who these people. I mean, I know who they oh, are. But... Al Harris. I would take Al Harris. Ooh, Al okay, Harris Al... would be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ken's right. But Al we're... Bart, we're not the, we're not the experts on this. You know, we could say, oh, they played this kind of scheme, or they they coached under this coach, or this was their record, or this was their yards per game or points per game. You and I could look at that, but we don't know, man. You're motivating men. You're scheming. Do you get along with other coaches, players, while at the same time motivating your team? I mean, I thought Joe Barry did a nice job at the end of the year. I don't think he should have kept his job. It was a bad hire to begin with. But I will say this about Joe Barry. I mean, in the clutch games, the big games, the defenses, they rose up. And if I was going to ask you, Toby, you're on the East Coast, who is the guy on the Packers defense you identify that defense with? Jair Alexander? Like, who do you identify that defense with? There's no, like, name guy. Well, Kenny Clark made the Pro Bowl games. Well, you and I, Bart, would. Yes, I would agree with you. Kenny Clark, you and I, we're Packer fans. But, Toby, on the East Coast, I mean, your friends know anyone in the Packers defense, really? You know, yeah, I mean, it's Jair, um, maybe Rashawn Gary, but yeah, I mean, I get your point. I mean, but obviously, I'm a little more get, connected, but yeah, uh, Jair is kind of the face of that defense. 
Right. And if you think of the Cowboys, you think of Micah Parsons, you think of the 49ers, you got a few guys, but you're probably thinking Boza, right? Um, so Not Chase Young. It, yeah. No, no. Why is he bad? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say anything here. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. the, the Chiefs, even wow. the Chiefs, you can look at Chris Jones and Sneed as a couple of names that people would know. And I, I think the Packers, they do need to keep drafting defense. It sounds maddening, but I think they need to. Ken says they should hire me as defensive coordinator. I've played enough Madden to run a D. No, I, I started simming D. I can't stop anyone for shit. <laughs> well, where were you on the, the – I, I didn't catch all of this. I know Grant was all pro Dan Campbell going for it, which I thought was lunacy. I don't I don't think that's smart. You but do what the you other say? team doesn't want you to do. I agree. Okay. And I think Dan Campbell – I so he probably should have kicked the field goal to go up 17. I think some of the Niners players said they wanted him to go for it. Um. You do what the other team doesn't want you to do, and I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But my thing is, if you have the 2007 Patriots, if you have Peyton Manning, even Mahomes, you know, if you have those guys, yeah, but this is Jared Goff. Come on. When he's throwing the Josh Reynolds. Here's a take I had last night. This was it, okay? He's throwing he threw the Josh, Josh Reynolds on third down. Could have been a better option there. Um there was that one play where Anthony Ferkser probably should have scored a touchdown at the very end. Oh, yeah. Do the Lions win that game with a healthy Zach Ertz? I, I heard you say Why that. Why did they I, sign him right before the conference championship game not to have him active on game day? I, I think the Lions win with a healthy Zach Ertz. Oh, my well, gosh. People forget John Williams was one of those guys. The four-hour show, I run out of shit to say. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, how does like how does so Eric B. Enemy? We all assume he goes to Washington. Yeah, how does he feel about job. how does he feel about Ben Johnson turning down head coaching interviews? He goes to get this job for he's like, here. I can't get a job here. I can't get a job anywhere. So I'll go to a place where they're gonna fire the coach. They fire the coach, ripe opportunity. Then they're literally flying midair, getting rejected, and he's still not the favorite. Just hire the enemy. Uh, I don't want to want. I don't want to watch another year of him being the offensive guy. I I would be one hundred percent on board with Eric Bieniemy being the head coach if he didn't call the plays. Well, oh, I guess. Yeah, I think he's a good leader. I think he'd be great for the organization. But he ran the or he passed the ball more than anyone in the National Football League this year. He was like seventy thirty pass to run. Like, come on. So are the commanders, I, not to make this the commander's hour, but are you guys going to go from one North Carolina quarterback to another? Very possible. And I, then maybe I, you hey, sign the other one as a backup? I have no idea what's about Could to happen. Could you next man. year have May, Howell, and Trubisky all on the roster? Gosh, no. Please, no. The it's really hard. Part, they, they probably had the best coaching tree ever in Washington, and they have no good coach right now. It's amazing I mean, the coaching tree y'all had. I hate when that thing gets brought up. That that but team went so three and I really but, wish Shanahan Shanahan needs to lose the Super Bowl because my anti big game narratives um on my on Kyle Shanahan is falling apart here if he wins. That team went three and thirteen, Tony. Like even with the good coaching staff, they didn't do anything. Okay. And all those guys would not have been ready to be a head coach. Like everyone acts like, oh yeah, 2013. And then Kyle Shanahan when 2014 was the head coach of the nine. No, like all these dudes didn't get head coaching jobs till like six and seven years later. Well, uh, Hey, if Andy Reed wins this part, is he, is he closing in on Belichick as the greatest coach ever? Um, How can he, you can do the same thing with him. Patrick I Holmes. Don't. No, I don't agree. With yes, that. you can. Uh-oh. People are already having the discussion if Patrick Mahomes is better than Brady, and they won six. And after Mahomes maybe wins three with Reed, you're going to say that Reed's better than Belichick? yeah, but Brady beat Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, with Reed. That was my forward. take. And then I said, I know it's an early take, but if Mahomes is going to catch Brady, whoever wins this game will always have the tiebreaker. I I agree 100. percent Oh, you're talking Super Bowl with with, uh, with Tampa. Okay, I was. Andy beat Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. That was I, I just, the infamous. 
there, there's no way you can put someone up there with Belichick unless they win that kind of amount of Super Bowls. And if you're going to do it, it has to be someone like Joe Gibbs who did it with three different quarterbacks. Well, look at what Bill, 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 Bill Belichick has done shit without Brady. I mean, he, yeah, he had that one year. Also, but they were incredible for 20 years with Brady. Like, you just going to take that away? Like, what's Reed, I guess, has done stuff, but he didn't win a Super Bowl without Mahomes. He, he he's in the conversation. I think if he's he wins better, the Super Bowl, he's definitely been better than Belichick without his star quarterback. But they haven't won six Super Bowls. Now, you, if he sticks around Here's, and Mahomes wins a bunch of Super Bowls, then maybe we can have that discussion. Here's the deal about building. There's Mahomes. What Tony? So did I lose you guys. I don't know. Uh, I was going to say, Toby, if you're building a defense. Bill Belichick's your guy, but the offense, Andy Reid has built that offense with a good defense. Belichick has not built a good offense without Brady. Here, Sawboss has a comment. He says, keep up that Chiefs hate and they'll win it. My squad is very salty, and here's all that shit talk. Bro, I hate the Niners. Yeah, who's talking crap about the Chiefs? This is a Chiefs show for the next two weeks. I want the Chiefs to win. Cone Roller (laughs) is in the chat. Cone. What's up, boys? Tobias, Bart, no. hey. never look better. So, are we, are we are we on the Chiefs wagon here? Screw the 49ers? Yeah, it's got to be a Chiefs show. I think. I agree. I agree. What's up with you? Hey, well, Toby's a big Taylor Swift fan too. Double, double the pleasure for Tobe. Hey, CBS, I just saw it. Forty-four seconds they showed her. You got, you got. You got half of the country freaking out about her. 44 seconds they showed her on the TV. Big deal. Big 44 deal. more seconds than I wanted to see. I'm just kidding. Also, she is gorgeous. Is so she really? Show her double. Well, I'm seeing some theories that this is all a conspiracy to date. Travis Kelsey, promote the vaccine, influence the 2024 election. What do we think about that? Is that crazy? Are you leading with on your national sports show with that topic? No. <laughs> well, that's probably a good thing. I don't even want to touch on it here. Yeah, it's fine. I, I think the Taylor Swift thing is, you know, overplayed. People are freaking out for no reason. Do you think Travis will propose to her on the field after they win? No. No. Do you think they'll get married? Maybe. If he wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> If he loses it, she just breaks up with him at midfield after the he's, game. He's gone in Brock Purdy's arms if the Chiefs lose. <laughs> I mean, she has gone to a lot of these games. She's got like 30, sec- or 30 minutes to spare to get to the Super Bowl time with her last concert letting up in My hope was that the Lions would win, and then whoever won, either Eminem or Taylor Swift, would do a post-game concert at the Super Bowl. Oh. Yeah. You pumped for Usher? Couldn't care less. I don't like that it's a Super Bowl rematch, first of all, of just four years ago. I'm also like, we went from Patriots, Patriots, to Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Like, what happened to the League of Parody, guys? Also bad uniform combo. Too much red. Yeah. I agree. I think Tony tweeted that to me. He's very upset. Too much red. Who do you like in the game, Cone? I like the Chiefs. I think they they are the new Brady Patriots. You know, year in, year out, they're going to be pretty much punching a ticket to the AFC Championship game no matter what. You know, we can say, oh, this was a down year. This is the worst the Chiefs have looked. Still in the Super Bowl. Same conversation we were having with Tom Brady and the Patriots. Time is a flat circle, Bart. Well, and that's – you know what? That is a reason that us fans of teams in the NFC can be happy. We don't have to deal with any of that crap with Mahomes because he's in the AFC. Like Lamar Jackson may never win a Super Bowl. Josh Allen may never win a Super Bowl. I think it makes it worse. What? Well, yeah. If you don't get there, with we got we got the here. one we didn't. So the AFC's got okay. It's going to be always New England or always the Chiefs, and we just have like roll the dice and it's the Seahawks. Roll the dice and it's the and and we we haven't gotten back there since 2010. Yeah, but at least gives you hope that you can do it. I mean, can you imagine if you're like a, a GM for like Buffalo and you're like, what the heck do I have to do to get past this team? Yeah, you can't like, do nothing. Like at some point, you're like, how am I supposed to beat them? 
at least in the NFC, you feel like you got hope because it's like, I just got to get past the Niners and Brock Purdy's not that great in terms of talent. I already talked about this. I'm not going to get into that discussion again, but like, I just got to get past Jalen Hurts who can't throw the ball down the field. Like, okay, I'll take my chances. Like, I, I think there's a real discussion. Like if you're looking ahead to next year, if you're a Packers fan, you can be excited because I think you can make a real argument that Jordan Love is not just like a top three quarterback in the NFC, but he could be the top dog in the NFC by like week five of next year. Ryan says it's all a conspiracy. Don't you think there has been like, there's not just been more people floating around conspiracies, but there seems to really be like a need and a want from the American people to have conspiracies. Like we don't want to know whatever we're experiencing. We want something to be like, we want that. I, I feel like more than ever, we want our reality to be turned upside down. It's very interesting. Well, do you think that relates to, you know, now that we know that aliens are real, you know, it's like we need a new one to to grasp onto. That was the the number one conspiracy for the longest time. Cuz of what happened in Miami? No, just the, you know, the the, you know, CIA releasing all those documents with UFOs, you got people testifying in Congress about their experience with them. Uh, Grant says you're a Pentagon Pentagon operative. False. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he wouldn't admit it. Uh, all right. Well, any other news and notes that we want to share? Screw the Lions. Badgers up to number six in the AP poll. Marquette number nine. That's pretty good showing for the state. Nice. Yeah. How about that? How about that? What a good loss for Marquette that turned out to be. Such a good loss. Thank God they played us. I mean, they were so upset that day that they lost, and they're like, how do we lose to the Badgers? And they're thinking they're lucky stars now that they were even on the schedule. Amen. That's going to probably help them boost up a spot or two in the rankings. Yeah, I see Lenardi's got the Badgers as a two seed right now. Somebody uh, complained to me because I was talking too much men's college basketball and not enough women's. I agree. And I, I said, and I said, you are mistaken. I don't talk any men's college basketball either. <laughs> women's college basketball has never been more interesting. I know it outrated the Heat and Celtics the other day. Tickets to uh, I wanted to go see Caitlin Clark when she came to Maryland, and tickets were like fifteen bucks to other games and like two hundred and fifty or four hundred bucks to see Caitlin Clark. Wow. Oh. Uh, Ryan's back. He says NFL wants Swifties to become fans. So I wonder how that would go. Would Roger Goodell be sitting in his office? Would they be brainstorming one day and be like? We're, we're going international, but is there still a market here in America we can corner? And then someone goes, uh, Taylor Swift has a lot of fans. Do you think that we could get her involved somehow? Well, yes, we've tried to have her play the Super Bowl, but she won't. Is there anything else? Um, I just saw Travis Kelsey broke up with his girlfriend. Should we get them to date? Like, how, how did this start? How, how? How did this happen? Who put them together? If you really wanted to make an electric ride, don't put them on the front runners of the league. Like, don't put her. Don't put her with someone on the Chiefs. Ever date Sam Howell or something? Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah, have her experience misery. Yeah, and then uh, if that's the case, go ahead. You know what? Have them figure out a way to fix it so that Washington goes to the Super Bowl. I don't care. <laughs> you imagine? Could you imagine what kind of music she'd be putting out if she had to watch a season full of Commanders games? <laughs> would she remix the Left Hand Up song? It'd be so depressing. She, she would I would hope so, man. Emo era. I need her to uh, be with those guys and be just a feature on one of their their tracks for Left Hand Up. Hmm. What about We Are Commanders? <laughs> well, I saw yeah, great. artist rise in the charts. He has the number one rap song. His name's Ben Shapiro. Do we think we could see a collab with him and Taylor? <laughs> Too much auto-tune on that rap. I always love a good conservative rap. I think they're so funny. 81 million votes my ass by Carrie Lake, another banger. What are you doing to me, Cone? It's a midday show. <laughs> it's the perfect time for these kind of conversations. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, you're right. All right. Well, I'm going to log off. All right. Go Chiefs. Bart, I'm with you on the Brock Purdy stuff. You know, I don't think he's that good, but good for him. Whatever. Yeah, hey, to each his own. We're all of yeah. our own life. Just try to find any joy you can on this rock. Do you hate him more than Aaron Rodgers before we leave? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. 
<laughs> no. I love it. All right. Good talk. All right. See you, Cone. See ya. And uh, Toby, thanks for hopping on. Here's your conspiracy as he hops off. What if they wanted Taylor Swift to date Aaron Rodgers, but he got hurt too early, so it had to be Travis Kelsey? Ooh. <laughs> wow. And that's why Rodgers is so mad at Kelsey. Yeah, there it is. That's why <laughs> That's why that whole feud started. There you go. Rodgers was going to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> the whole script got screwed up. It's always about a woman. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm, later this week, Toby, good to see you, buddy. See you, Bart. Bye, everyone.